What is up, everybody? This is your main man, Tyler, here with the Around the Bases podcast, here to recap the week four of the college softball season. I hope everyone had a good week and a ton of great softball around the nation. So let's just dive right into the week four recap here for you. Get you caught up on everything that happened this week, starting last Wednesday. Kendall Dunford's 12 strikeouts lifted uh, Florida International past St. John's 5-1 in the game in a first game of their doubleheader last week. Second game wasn't important, wasn't any stat headlines there. Uh, but Keely Rochard's nine strikeouts weren't enough as Charlotte earned a massive 5-2 win at home against Virginia Tech. That is the main reason Charlotte is ranked in the top 25 this week by both major polls. So, or well, they're ranked in the uh, NFCA poll. They're receiving still receiving votes in the ESPN USA softball poll. But regardless, Charlotte has absolutely done a great job thus far this season. Logan Morris's two homers, five RBIs, lead NC State to a comeback 6-4 win at Elon. Amanda Ayala has a triple, a homer, and five RBIs in Tennessee's 11-1 five-inning win over Tennessee Tech. Hannah George remained perfect in the circle for North Carolina, 6-0, and outdueled Villanova's great Page Rowell as North Carolina got the win at home 7-3. Florida State stranded runners on 2nd and 3rd and staved off Oakland's late rally to get the 6-5 win. Oakland, their record doesn't look great right now, but they've been giving some top competition some trouble this season thus far. So, And I... And they were projected to win the Horizon League this year, so we should hopefully see them in the tournament, depending on how they play out the Horizon League. Georgina Cork threw 19 strikeouts in 11 innings to lead South Florida to a 5 to nothing win at Florida Gulf Coast in the first game of a doubleheader they played. Crazy. Georgina Cork, what can't you, she's just great, and we'll get into the stats part later about why she's so great, but wow, what a performance. A throwing error by Reagan Walsh led Southern Miss to an upset 5-4 win at Florida. Lexi Freshman Lexi Delbray had nine strikeouts in the loss. But great win for Southern Miss, they're starting, they're receiving votes in the ESPN USA softball polls, so... Southern Miss seems to be a program on the rise, and they have a very good record and a win at Florida to prove that now. So, Maddie Penta's 10 strikeouts led Auburn to a 9-1 six-inning win at Georgia State. Haley Dulcini's 14 strikeouts led Texas to a 2-0 home win against Sam Houston. Kicking off Thursday, Megan Faramo threw a 12-strikeout perfect game in UCLA's 12-0 five-inning win over Fresno State. Um, Fresno State's just not the team that they have been as of late. Mainly, they don't have the pitching in the circle behind Haley Dulcini anymore. So, Fresno State's going through a rebuild, that's for sure. Uh, But Oregon scored eight runs in the top of the 10th to avoid the upset at UNCG in a 12-4 win. 
So UNCG almost got a huge win at home against a Pac-12 opponent. Uh, Alex Duraco fired 12 strikeouts and allowed only two hits in Michigan's 8-0 demolition at Kentucky. Shanice Delsey threw 10 strikeouts in Arkansas's 6-1 win over Missouri State. Nebraska cruised past Wichita State 10-4 at home. This Wichita State team doesn't seem to be gelling as great as they were last season, but they're still a good team nonetheless. Uh, Carly Keeney throws a no-hitter. Lou Allen hit two homers and four RBIs in Liberty's 12-0 five-inning blowout at home against Rutgers. A throwing error leads to a walk-off for Cal State Fullerton in a 12-11 win over Kansas. Cal State Fullerton's having a great season thus far. LSU gets a big win at, at Louisiana, four to nothing, and will be and look to finish the two-game sweep at home on Saturday, which I will get to here in a little bit. Violet Zavodnik's home run in the top of the eighth lifted BYU past San Diego State two to one. Really good matchup, and BYU came out on top. Um, kicking off Friday's action. Tarney Steptoe's 10 strikeouts led Oregon State to an 8 to nothing six-inning win over Sacred Heart. Nothing real big there, just Tarney Steptoe picking up 10 strikeouts is the big thing there. Um, North Alabama took down Eastern Kentucky 8-2, both having very good seasons as mid-majors, and North Alabama got the win, uh, the decisive win, I should say. Bailey Klingler had two homers and seven RBIs as Washington uh, cruised to a 14-3 five-inning win over New Mexico State. New Mexico State's not having a good season either, but you'll see uh, later on in this podcast or in this episode why they did something very crazy later on in or in the or between or they did something crazy yesterday. Um, and then Washington followed up that win with a loss to Houston, 5-4 to four in eight innings. Again, Washington looks vulnerable at times so far this season. Um, so, I don't know what to expect from them just quite yet. Um, we'll have to see as Pac-12 play starts not this weekend, but next weekend. Um... An error by South Dakota State's shortstop led to two runs scoring in the top of the seventh, which lifted Wichita State to an 8-7 win. Again, South Dakota State, very great mid-major program right now that um, can challenge top teams like Wichita State, and they nearly beat them, to be honest. Um, they had it in the bag, really, until that error, but... It comes and goes, but then uh, Nebraska crushed Wichita State again, twelve to four in six innings. Again, it's not. It's not. This isn't a pun, but it's a shocking loss to me. I just don't understand how Wichita State can be blown out by Nebraska twice, even if it is at Nebraska. But that's why we play the game. You, you know, some of these things are unpredictable. You never know what can happen. Uh, Weber State got a huge win at Texas A&M, or no, not at Texas A&M, uh, just playing Texas A&M uh, 2-1. Big win for Weber State, another great program out of the big sky, taking down an SEC team. 
Uh, Kendra Lamb threw a 12-strikeout no-hitter, missed the perfect game by a walk in the fifth inning in Louisiana's 12-0 five-inning win over Central Connecticut State. Maddie Penta and KK Dismukes. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. That's just the way I read it. Combined for a 15-strikeout no-hitter in Auburn's 5-0 win over North Carolina A&T. Julia Cottrell's two homers, three RBIs lead led Oklahoma State past Stanford 6-1 in the first game of a doubleheader they played. And then Alana Valter shut down the Oklahoma State offense in Game 2 to lead Stanford to the 5-1 win with eight strikeouts. For Oklahoma State, Miranda Ellish had nine strikeouts in that game, so Stanford picks up a huge split at Oklahoma State last week. Um, very intrigued to see how this Stanford team plays in the Pac-12 because they could make some noise if, you know, things play out the right way. But uh, moving on, UAB. I mentioned UAB Longwood last week as a good series. Well, it didn't pan out that way. As UAB took down Longwood 8-3 in the first game of the doubleheader on Thursday. Or that might have been on... Excuse me, that was on Friday. I think. Yes, on Friday, excuse me. Um, and then UAB took the second game 7-3. So Longwood didn't really make a good push against the good UAB team. Uh, but Arkansas scored four runs in the bottom of the seventh, including Hannah Gamble's two-run walk-off homer to lift the Razorbacks over Kennesaw State 6-4. to four. Duke cruises to the early uh, cruise to the early series lead at Georgia Tech in a 9-1 five-inning win. Jamie Bailey's grand slam broke the game open as Virginia Tech take, took the series opener at Clemson 6-1. Uh, Leanna Johnson overcomes 11 walks. She walked 11 batters and still helped Troy take down LSU game in the first game of a doubleheader 5-4 to four on Friday night. But uh, later that night, LSU got their revenge in Game 2, scoring 10 runs in the bottom of the 6 to win 10-2 in 6 innings, splitting the doubleheader. But still, Troy gets a huge win behind their star pitcher, Leanna Johnson. Um... Troy, another team, they're getting votes in the ESPN uh, USA softball poll as well, so they're a very, very good mid-major team as well. Sydney Sherrill's three-run homer was the only runs as Catherine Sandercock allowed only one hit in Florida State's 3-0 win over Pitt to open ACC play. Kentucky returned the favor from Thursday night by crushing Michigan 9-2 at home, so those two split their two-game series over Thursday and Friday. Uh, Boise State having a very fantastic season. Um, they, are take, they took down Iowa State 5-3. Uh, don't be shocked if Boise State starts getting some votes in the top 20, or receiving votes for the top 25 soon. Sidney Sanders, two homers, five RBIs, led Arizona State to a 9-4 win over Cal Poly. Quinn Biggio's two-run double gave Notre Dame the 3-2 lead in the bottom of the sixth, and another homer right after that one led to a 5-2 win over James Madison for Notre Dame. 
and that's a missed opportunity for James Madison. If they if their RPI is not looking good, as the RPI just came out uh, on Monday, um, but and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, that would have been a huge win to get to at least up their RPI from where they are. But Cal scores four in the bottom of the six to take down Boston University four to one. Cassidy Wilbur, great pitcher for Stephen F. Austin, threw 13 strikeouts in Stephen F. Austin's 3-0 win over Abilene Christian. Ole Miss gets two homers to lift them past Western Kentucky 2-0. Western Kentucky, another great program um, out of the Conference USA. Um, they hung in with Ole Miss, but ultimately they just couldn't score enough runs in that game on Friday. Megan Bloodworth, homer. In the bottom of the sixth, lifted Alabama past Texas 5-4. Montana Fouts had nine strikeouts in that game. So, Texas missed out on a big opportunity to get a win at Alabama. But, North Texas scores two in the top of the seventh to take down Texas Tech on the road 5-4. Now, I know Texas Tech might be the worst team in the Big 12, but that's a big win for North Texas. The Big 12 is a pretty decent conference overall so Gianna Mancha's 10 strikeouts lifted Central Florida past Florida Gulf Coast 9-2 Arizona powered their way to an 11-3 win 5 inning win over Iowa State at home so Iowa State had a little bit of a rough weekend out in Arizona uh, Maggie Balance 10 strikeouts lifted or led San Diego State past Cal 6-2 Utah scored a run in the eighth inning to take down Cal State Fullerton 4-3. Good win for Utah. Cal State Fullerton just missed out on a great win there. Kicking off Saturday's action, Jaden Vickers' 10 strikeouts led Rutgers to a 9-1 six-inning demolition of James Madison. Uh, McKenna Gibson's homer five RBIs led Tennessee in a 9-0 six-inning win over South Alabama. I, again, I'll reiterate this. South Alabama is better than their record suggests. Sometimes it just doesn't work out for you, and I think that's where the season is right now for South Alabama. I think they're costing themselves a shot at the tournament at this rate, but you never know. Maybe they'll start rattling off wins in conference, and you know they'll make a run in the Sun Belt tournament. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Um. Oregon cruised to a 9-1 five-inning win at North Carolina. Hannah Carson hit the walk-off for Michigan in a 1-0 eight-inning win over Drake. Uh, Danielle Williams, 10 strikeouts, led Northwestern to a 1-0 win over Southern Illinois. Emma Lemley's 10 strikeouts gave Virginia Tech at least guaranteed Virginia Tech a series win at Clemson with a 4-0 win on Saturday. Lacey Finchers, two homers, five RBIs, led Georgia to a comeback 13-4 five-inning win over UMass, which I know doesn't really sound like a comeback, uh, but UMass was up 4-3 to three on Georgia at the time before things just got out of hand from UMass. Wichita State took down South Dakota State again. This time it was a little more comfortable uh, in a 7-1 to one victory. Erna Carlin threw a nine-strikeout two-hitter in Texas Tech's 3 nothing win over North Texas. So Texas Tech was able to respond and come back and get that victory over uh, North Texas. 
Again, I mentioned Longwood, but UAB down Longwood to sweep all three games this past weekend in a 2-0 victory. At least this one was closer, but Longwood ultimately couldn't pick up a win at UAB. Ashley Griffin walks it off for North uh, Central Florida in their 5-4 win over South Carolina. What I didn't mention uh, from Friday is South Carolina actually beat Central Florida on Friday. Um... I didn't think it was really noteworthy at the time, but looking back on it, that is significant, being as Central Florida is receiving votes for top 25 polls. So, um, at least they were able to ensure that they didn't lose both games. Uh, but Texas A&M cruised past Utah 11-3 thanks to two players with four RBIs. BYU takes down Cal 5-0. Good win for BYU. Duke clinched a series win at Georgia Tech with a 10-3 win on Saturday. Alabama beat Texas again at home in a 3-1 win. Again, Texas misses out on another great win that they could have had, but Bailey Dowling's two-run homer lifted Alabama past Miami of Ohio 4-2. Courtney Vierstra held down Alabama for a good portion of that game. Ultimately... You're at the Rhodes house, and it just wasn't enough. Alabama still undefeated to this point. Ashley Miller had 12 strikeouts and a 6-1 win for Michigan State over East Carolina. Liberty took down Notre Dame 6-3. Good win for Liberty, as Notre Dame was receiving votes and still is receiving votes in the top 25. Louisville walked it off on Illinois at home 9-8. Big Great win for uh, Louisville, as Illinois has been pretty decent thus far this season. Maddie Penta threw 10 strikeouts and 4 innings pitched in Auburn's 6-2 win over North Carolina A&T. Janice Delsey threw 10 more strikeouts in Arkansas's 9-1 5-inning win over Kennesaw State. Boise State played Arizona really tough, but couldn't pull off the upset in a 5-4 loss. Uh, Ole Miss cruised to a 10-2 six-inning win at home against Western Kentucky. Ultimately, Western Kentucky played their heart out on Friday night against at Ole Miss, but they couldn't get the job done on Saturday, and they just got blown out of the water. Uh, moving on, a wild pitch led to a walk-off for San Diego in their 5-4 win over Cal. That's big for San Diego, the Toreros. Four runs in the first ultimately led to Louisiana's demise at LSU in a 5-2 loss. So LSU swept the Louisiana two-game series. Um, I expected better out of Louisiana to at least win one of those games, but maybe Louisiana's not as great as I thought they were. Uh, Savannah Pola's two doubles, homer, and six RBIs are part of a big offensive night as UCLA slammed Texas A&M 14-2 in five innings. Alana Vauder threw a one-hit shutout in Stanford's 1-0 win at Tulsa. Again, Alana Vauder, extremely good pitcher and a name that you don't hear enough nationally around the national scene for Stanford, um, but she's a great pitcher. Jenna Perez throws a 14-strikeout two-hitter as Loyola Marymount upsets Arizona State 4-0. Uh, 
Loyola Marymount, another dangerous team. Don't let the Lions sneak up on you at your own risk. Uh, but Long Beach State took down San Diego State 2-1. to one. Um, A good matchup between two uh, Western powers. Uh, well, mi two Western mid-major powers. Carly Scoopin hit a walk-off to lift Arizona past Texas State 11-10. So Texas State... Had a great opportunity to win at Arizona. Ultimately, just couldn't get the job done. And Gabby Plains' 13 strikeouts led Washington to a 6-1 win over UNLV. Seattle took down Cal State Fullerton 8-3. Seattle's getting lost in the picture thus far this season because they're 8-10, uh, I believe, at the moment. Um, but... They took down a really good Cal State Fullerton team. So, um, Moving on to Sunday. Georgina Cork threw an eight-strikeout perfect game in South Florida's 9-0 five-inning win over Florida A&M. Again, what can't Georgina Cork do? It's She's really just... Abs she's burst onto this scene, especially this year, taking advantage of that extra year of eligibility that she had. And she's making the most of it, the opportunity. Texas State took down Boise State 6-2 out in Arizona. Great win for Texas State. Morgan Day struck out 16 in Oklahoma State's 4-0 win at home against DePaul. Arizona State cruised to a 7-0 win over Texas A&M. Pitt. Hung on to avoid the sweep at Florida State in a 7-5 win on Sunday. Great, uh, Kudos to Pitt, because I really thought that was going to be a serious sweep for Florida State. Um, but kudos to Pitt for just continuing to fight. Uh, Jada Kearney's two homers, six RBIs led Georgia to a 10-2 five-inning win over App State. Or, if, for those of you that don't know the abbreviation, it's Appalachian State. Uh, Keely Rochard's 11 strikeouts led Virginia Tech to a sweep at Clemson in a 4-2 win on Sunday. So, Virginia Tech picks up a massive sweep at Clemson. And I think that very well could launch um, Virginia Tech to an ACC regular season title. Uh, obviously, it's going to come... For me, it's going to come down to them and Florida State, but we're going to have to see. And once, as conference play begins more and more this week, we'll keep up with more conference standings and incorporate that into this uh, podcast, as in past years. But for now, the ACC was the only ones that played conference games last week, so I'm just going to leave that alone for and save that for next week. Giselle Tapia's two-run homer in the seventh and Peyton St. George's nine strikeouts lifted Duke to the series sweep at Georgia Tech in a 3-1 win. Lauren Krings throws a 12-strikeout perfect game in Missouri's 8-0 five-inning win over Bradley. Danielle Williams' 11 strikeouts led Northwestern to 7-2 win over Northern Kentucky. Texas State holds off Iowa State to get a very big 4-3 win. Texas State had a good weekend. 
Taylor Sherry, <laughs> Taylor Cherry or Sherry, however sh she pronounces it, throws a 10 strikeout perfect game in Elon's 1-0 win over East Carolina. Raylan Chafin throws a 12 strikeout shutout in LSU's 5-0 win over Central Connecticut State. North Texas crushes Texas Tech 11-3 in six innings. So, <clears throat> all in all, North Texas picked up a huge series win at Texas Tech. Um, and they're certainly going to be a mid-major worth watching moving forward. George Washington held off James Madison late to get the 4-3 win before JMU's date with Liberty, and then Liberty... Promptly took down James Madison for nothing to drop the Dukes to four and nine on the season. Certainly, the James Madison program isn't used to this as of late, um, and this is a tough season to swallow with being banned from the conference tournament and transitioning to the Sun Belt next year. Uh, it's it's just been a rough season thus far for James Madison. Uh, at this point, I find it very difficult for them to make the tournament at all. Just not enough opportunities to pick up our solid RPI wins moving forward. And, I mean, they still have a huge game this weekend in the tournament they're hosting. But I'll get to that in the Week 5 schedule later. Um, but I'm going to move on. Like, this isn't... Just because my experience with the JMU softball program doesn't mean this is a JMU softball podcast, obviously. This is, a, this is about the whole college softball landscape. Uh, but Cal State Fullerton stranded the bases loaded to get the win over Weber State 8-5. North Carolina takes down UNCG 8-7 at home. Little Brother almost took down Big Brother which would have been a huge storyline for me personally, but North Carolina was able to pull out the win. Monday night, Oklahoma steamrolled Minnesota 9-1 in five innings, and Jocelyn Allo still hasn't broken the home run record yet. We're still waiting on that. Um, but yesterday, Loyola Marymount took down Utah 8-7 in extra innings in the first game of the doubleheader, then went out and took them, took Utah down 3-2 to sweep the doubleheader at home against Utah. Again, LMU, very dangerous team, and they should press BYU for the uh, top, or for the uh, West Coast Conference title. Considering that the West Coast Conference doesn't have a tournament, a softball tournament, LMU, if they want to make the softball tournament, the NCAA tournament this year, they may have to steal it from BYU in the West Coast Conference regular season title. But we'll see how that plays out. We still got plenty of softball left. Still got two months before the softball selection show, so... I mentioned New Mexico State having a very down season. They were they were two and eleven before yesterday's doubleheader at New Mexico. Well, two and eleven New Mexico upset fifteen and three. Uh, excuse me, two and eleven New Mexico State upset fifteen and three New Mexico twelve to eight 
in the first game of the doubleheader at New Mexico. And then, as you would know it, New Mexico State sweeps the doubleheader at New Mexico, winning 8-5 to in the second game. I mean, sometimes with in-state rivalries like that, it's crazy how it doesn't matter what the records are. Uh, but New Mexico State just bumped themselves up from two to eleven to four and eleven, and New Mexico falls from fifteen and three to fifteen and five now. So that's quite a difference in the thought process of how you view these teams. It was crazy. Uh, but the last thing I got: Boston University smashed Cal State Fullerton twelve to three at Cal State Fullerton. I'm not going to say that's a bad loss for Cal State Fullerton, but Boston University, what a win that is. I I, I didn't see that coming, for sure. I thought it would be a lot closer game, to be honest, but they just broke it open in the top of the seventh and didn't look back. It was just done, over with. But that's the recap of week four. I mentioned the RPI rankings were released on Monday, first ones of the season. So let's dive into some teams that I'm surprised or feel where they're at. North Texas, I'm surprised to see them at 129. I, I mean, they've, they've played a, a decent schedule in my opinion. I don't see why North Texas is so low. James Madison, I mentioned they're 4-9. They're 94. That Again, that doesn't look great at all for the NCAA tournament. Still got work to do, I guess. Uh, Iowa State's 92. Again, uh, Iowa State hasn't played a lot of teams, and they're starting to falter a little bit here as of this past weekend. So, Mississippi State at 80. Troy at 65. I think Troy should be high, uh, lower on that list as in 50s or and lower South Dakota State's at 57 I think um, if this for some reason South Dakota the Jackrabbits don't win the Summit League tournament I think they the RPI might be able to get them in uh, we'll just have to see where they're at as the season moves forward Boise State 55 again same situation for them for me South Florida's 52, but I think South Florida should be in the tournament no matter what because simply just to have Georgina Cork in the tournament. Uh, Stanford, 47. Liberty, 46. Georgia, 43. That's a lot lower than I would expect of an SEC team with Georgia's. I mean, I guess Georgia's still figuring it out here this season, but USC Upstate having a very solid season. Is at 40? Texas State. <coughs> Excuse me. Arkansas comes in at 37. S South Dakota. Very surprising. Came in at 36. Arizona State, 35. Minnesota, 33. Louisiana, 32. Wichita State, 31. Texas is 30. I'm sure their RPI hasn't been that low in some time. BYU's 29. Cal State Fullerton's 28. LSU 25. Ohio State's 23, which is interesting. I didn't think Ohio State was that good, but 
Clemson's 21, Missouri's 20, Central Florida 19, Arizona's 18, Notre Dame 17, Wisconsin is 16, Florida State 15, Tennessee 14, Kentucky 13, Auburn 12, Northwestern 11, Michigan 10, Florida 9, Charlotte is 8 in the RPI. I don't think we've had a more impressive team so far this season than Charlotte. Duke at 7, Oklahoma State at 6, Oregon at 5, UCLA 4, Oklahoma 3, Alabama 2, and Virginia Tech takes the top spot in the RPI this year, in the first rankings of the year. Um... That week, that uh, their loss to Charlotte clearly didn't impact anything. It just helped Charlotte. It didn't bring them down. Um, but wow, Virginia Tech, the Hokies, very easily could be host. I think Virginia Tech could be hosting supers easily at this rate. Uh, but. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's still a lot of softball left to play. Let's go ahead and move forward into the Week 5 schedule, starting today. Um, Texas at North Texas. I'm very intrigued to see if North Texas can follow up on their success against Texas Tech and take down the Longhorns. Texas State at Texas A&M. I think Texas State could very well take them down. Um... I'm not sure they'll do it, but uh, Charlotte at Duke. Um, I believe that game is still going on. I know there's weather um, in places, um, but that's a huge game over on ACC Network at 6 o'clock. McNeese State at Louisiana. I'm always intrigued to see McNeese State play a team of Louisiana's caliber. Minnesota at Oklahoma State. They're going to finish their game that was rained out on Sunday first and then they're going to play their originally scheduled game later and then North Alabama at Mississippi State North Alabama has had a great season thus far and I want to see if they can go to Mississippi State and take down a team that I don't think is worthy of an NCAA tournament bid right now so even though they are part of the SEC which generally gets almost every single team into the tournament which I think is a load of crap but that's a topic that I can save for another time. Um, Thursday, or tomorrow, rather, I guess I should say, Arkansas at Liberty is a huge game for both teams. And BYU at Arizona. I know what BYU's capable of, and I want to see if they can go to uh, Arizona State and take them down. Friday. And this... I'm just t for talking day-to-day -day right now. I'll get to the series here in a minute. Uh, but Friday, Minnesota at Texas. That's a huge opportunity for both teams. Uh, Big 10 versus the Big 12. Boston University takes on Central Florida. That intrigues me because, especially after taking down Cal State Fullerton, can Boston University beat Central Florida? I think so. But, you know, can will they do it? That's... Up for debate. Nebraska, Cal State, Fullerton. Nebraska's got some decent <clears throat> uh, hitting numbers here. Or they're they're 
they're smashing the ball, which I'll get to in the stats section. But um, I'm interested to see if they can go to Cal State Fullerton and get a win. And Boise State at Nice State. I think Boise State should beat them. Um, but I'm intrigued to see since McNeese State gets that at home. I'm intrigued to see what happens there with that. And they're also, mm, excuse me, Boise State at McNeese State is playing a three-game series this weekend. Excuse me, so strike that off from Friday. It's Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, I think Boise State should take that series at least two to one. But I'm intrigued to see what McNeese State can bring to the table at home in that series. Anyway, uh, Saturday, another Minnesota at Texas game. Liberty, Illinois. That could be a very intriguing matchup. Liberty at Clemson. I'm intrigued to see if Liberty can hang around with Valerie Cagle and the rest of the Clemson lineup. Central Florida, Iowa State. I think Central Florida can win that easily, but I'm, I'm just not sure how good Iowa State is yet. Um... Central Florida at Cal State Fullerton. Again, another intriguing matchup that I'm very intrigued to watch. Illinois at Clemson. Um, and Arkansas at James Madison. That is James Madison's last, well, it's not last big opportunity. They'll host Duke in a, in a doubleheader in April. But um, this is the, the last Power 5, no. It's one of their last huge opportunities to really tell the selection committee, hey, we still belong in the tournament even though we're having a down year. But moving on to Sunday, Liberty, Illinois again, Liberty at Clemson again, and Illinois at Clemson again. So basically all those teams are going to play each other again on Sunday. Monday, Iowa-Wichita State's very intriguing. Iowa hasn't been making a lot of noise recently. Uh, they started the year with a, a little bit of a bang. They've sort of cooled off since then, but I'm intrigued to see what they can do against Wichita State. Tuesday, Wisconsin at Utah for a doubleheader. Alabama at Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss having that game at home is massive for them and could actually give them a shot at pulling off the upset against the undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide. Missouri at Illinois for a doubleheader. That could be very intriguing as well. <clears throat> Illinois needs to take advantage of that and get at least split the doubleheader. And then Oklahoma State at North Texas. Again, North Texas gets this game at home, just like they get Texas at home tonight. And I want to see them... Um, I want to see if they can pull off the win at home against a very good Oklahoma State squad that just... Still hasn't found a solid footing just yet. <clears throat> uh, but let's move on to the series for the weekends. <clears throat> uh, underrated series that you should be looking out for in the Big South this weekend. Longwood at USC Upstate. Now USC Upstate has received a vote for a top 25 spot in, I believe it was the ESPN USA Softball poll. Longwood has a history of being able to take down top competition. Uh, and you don't have to look very far for that. Beating Georgia last year. Beating some other top competition this season. And I think that's a... That could that series could go a long way towards telling me who's going to win the Big South. Because they the preseason champion was picked as Campbell. 
I don't think that's the case. I think it comes down to these two teams. I already mentioned Boise State at McNeese State. Texas A&M at Auburn <clears throat> uh, for three games as SEC play starts this weekend. An, a great series out in the, or two great series out in the Conference USA. North Texas at Southern Miss. Very intriguing to see how that plays out. Um, and Western Kentucky at Charlotte for a three-game set. Um, can Western Kentucky take them down? Can they win the series? Uh, no, I don't think so. But they could. They could. They're not going to get swept. I don't think. Alabama at LSU for a three-game set, which I think is the best series of the week or the weekend. Georgia at South Carolina for three games. I'm not huge on that, but just because it's the SEC, I want to include it. Tennessee at Missouri for three games is a huge one. Um, for the middle of the top 25, see who can go where. NC State at Duke for three games. NC State is under the radar at, I believe, 18-3. and three. It's either that or they're 21-3, and three, one of the two. They only have three losses. Um, but going to Duke, can NC State get, the, get a win or even take the series? I, you know, I don't think so, but... Crazier things have happened. And the last series of note for me this weekend, Mississippi State at Florida. Again, I'm not convinced Mississippi State is a tournament team. Can they go to Gainesville and get a win on the Gators field? I don't think so. I think this is setting up for a Florida sweep. Uh, but that's your week five schedule. So let's move on to the stat leaders. Individual stat leaders, Daniel Gibson of Arkansas leads the nation batting, uh, a batting average with a .580. Haley Lee, Texas A&M, second, .538. Georgina Cork of South Florida, I mentioned earlier, is third in the nation in ERA with a .08. To have a .08 ERA over a month into the season, that is outstanding. And I'm very impressed with Georgina Cork. If there's a Pitcher of the Year award to be had, I'd give it to her. Uh, Mackenzie Herzog, Texas A&M, fourth with a .22. And Hope Troutwine of Oklahoma is fifth with .3. Kaya Matter of UMBC leads the nation in strikeouts per seven innings at 13.8. Emma Lemley of Virginia Tech, second, 12.3. Sam Landry of Louisiana, third, 12.3. And Peyton Gottschall of Bowling Green is fourth with 12.2. And Jordy Ball, fifth, 12.1. Georgina Cork and Maddie Penta of Auburn are tied for the lead in victories this season with 13. Jocelyn Allo, second in the nation in slugging with a 1.132. Haley Lee leads the nation in on-base percentage at .647. Jocelyn Allo and Lainey Cordure of Louisiana are tied for second at .643. Skylar Wallace of Florida, fourth at .639. And Danielle Gibson, fifth, .638. Christina Burkhardt of Michigan leads the nation in doubles with 13. Taylor Ellsworth of Arkansas tied for second with 10. Kendra Falby of Florida and Tate Whitley of Ole Miss are tied for the 
lead in hits in the nation with 36. Hannah Adams of Florida and Danica Coffey of LSU are tied for third with 33. Sierra Briggs of LSU and Bailey Vannoy of Charlotte are tied for fifth with 32. Billy Andrews of Nebraska leads the nation in home runs with 12. <clears throat> Shocking, I know. Mia Davidson of Mississippi State and Michaela Ramos of Iowa State are tied for second with 10. <clears throat> Natalie Den Hartog of Minnesota, Tiari Jennings of Oklahoma, Kiki Malloy of Tennessee, and Bailey Klingler of Washington tied for fifth with nine. Bailey Klingler leads the nation in RBIs with 31. <clears throat> Jada Cody of Central Florida is second with 30. Michaela Ramos is third with 29. Aaron Koffel of Kentucky, Charlie Eichels of Florida, and Carly Scoopin of Arizona tied for fourth with 28. <clears throat> Georgina Cork leads or is third in the nation in strikeout to walk ratio at 25.4. Catherine Sandercock of Florida State is fifth with 18. And then lastly, in the individual category, Georgina Cork leads the nation in strikeouts with 127. Maddie Penta is second with 121. Keely Rochard is third with 114. And Maggie Ballant of San Diego State is fifth at 110. So there's your individual stat leaders. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, here we go. I promised you we'd have team stats back this week, and I have those stats leaders here for you. <clears throat> Louisiana leads the nation in batting average, .381. Oklahoma second, .378. Florida third, .372. Arizona fourth, .369. And Georgia is fifth at .369. Now the difference there is in games played, which is why they're not tied for fourth, but they're different. Oklahoma leads the nation, of course, in ERA with .64. Oregon State is second at .83. Alabama third, 1.06. And UCLA at fourth with 1.27. Alabama's fourth in the nation in fielding percentage at .986. Oklahoma leads the nation in homers per game, of course, at 2.5. Duke Duke is second with 2.05. They've been smashing the ball this season. Nebraska is third at 1.82. <clears throat> Wichita State fourth, 1.76. Georgia fifth, 1.76. Again, it's about games played, so Wichita State's played less games. Or more games, depend, depending on how many they've played. And Wichita State gets fourth, Georgia fifth. Oklahoma leads the nation in scoring with 8.56 runs per game. Georgia is second, 8.1 runs per game. Kentucky's third, 8.06 runs per game. <coughs> Excuse me. Florida's fourth with 7.86 runs per game. And Arkansas is fifth with 7.76 runs per game. Oklahoma leads the nation in slugging percentage, 0 .6, uh, 0 0.769. Georgia is second, 0.688. Duke is third at 0.652. Auburn is fourth at 0.634. And Arizona's fifth, 0 
Alabama and Oklahoma are the only teams in the nation left undefeated, and obviously they're ranked 1-2. Oregon State leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio at 11.59. Auburn is second, 7.33. UCLA third, 7.08. San Diego, or no, that's uh, South Dakota State, excuse me, with fourth with a 6.85. No, uh, that's no, that's San Diego State. My, excuse me for that. Oklahoma's fifth at 6.76. UCF leads the nation in walks with 101. LSU is second at 95. Georgia Tech is fourth at 90. And Texas A&M fifth. At 87. <clears throat> so those are your stat leaders for the week. Um, that's pretty much all I have for you this week. Conference plays heating uh, start, heating up this weekend. Um, the RPI rankings were just released. So we'll be factoring that into teams and making the tournament and whatnot moving forward. So pretty big stuff. Uh, within this week as uh, March Madness is going on in basketball. Um, So we'll be getting more games on TV as we move forward. Um, We just got to get through this March Madness. Once we do, softball will start to take over TV a lot more, especially with Major League Baseball being in a lockout. Um, but the message remains the same. Just watch as much softball as you can. Stay up to date. Um, let me know what you're seeing around the country and let me know who's your teams, uh, who's doing, who's trending up, who's trending down. Um, but here's hoping for a great week of softball. I hope everyone has a great and happy week moving forward. Um, We'll talk to you next week on the next episode. And just have a great weekend. Enjoy the softball, everybody. Thanks for listening. Again, Tyler with signing out with the Around the Bases podcast. See you next weekend. Or see you next week. Excuse me.